It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flint composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll A get through it. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner, and we got a good one today. Coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour, we're going to be talking with um, Dolores Johnson, E. Dolores Johnson, actually, the author of a book called Say I'm Dead. It's a, a, a fascinating story and very appropriate for Black History Month. Uh, before that, we're uh, going to talk in the uh, second hour with the founder of Arrow Timber, uh, who has uh, authored a uh, new book called The Art of Hybrid Timber Framing. We're going to find out what that's all about with Bert Sarkinen. But first, my uh, guest this hour is um, an overachiever turned joy achiever, as uh, laid out in uh, her new book called The Joy Achiever Journey, Evade Burnout, Surpass Your Goals, and Out-Happy Everyone. And gosh, who wouldn't want to do that? Uh, joining me by phone is uh, Tracy Lalonde. Tracy, welcome to the show. Good morning, Tom. I'm glad to be here. Um, I love the phrase uh, Joy Achiever, or the word Joy Achiever, rather. Um, but I'm especially fascinated by out happy everyone i was reading a little bit about you and it said that you were traveling something like 40 weeks out of the year sometimes three cities Mm -hmm. in one week and always had your phone you know right there in your hand and um we're always on the go and then something snapped what was it exactly well you know my my body was crying uncle (laughs) Uh, (laughs) my hair was thinning I was having heart palpitations all I did was think about work and I finally just said I've got to pay attention this is just not working 
but how do you get to that point? Is it that you love the work? Yeah, I did. You know, I loved the work. I loved my clients. I was having a lot of success. And for a while, the travel was fun. Uh, I was getting to go to cool places. Uh, and so, you know, it was, it was okay until it wasn't, frankly. I, I traveled like that for 10 years, and that's a pretty grueling schedule for 10 years. Yeah, I, I spent a few years on the road myself, and I, and like you, I really, uh, I really enjoyed it. In fact, even to this day, I, I miss it probably a little. But um, the idea of it, it, you took time off to mm-hmm. decompress and and re-energize. Um, not everybody can do that. No. No, it's true. And in fact, I don't know if I would recommend it. I mean, as, as fabulous as that time was, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, when I made that decision and left my old company, I tattooed joy to my wrist. That's how committed I was. Um, as a visual reminder not to get to that place again and took the eight months off to, to recover. But candidly, Tom, I think that if I had known myself a little bit better and had more courage to make some different choices, that I wouldn't have gotten to that place, and taking that time off, you know, wouldn't have happened. So Tip- it's not typical overachiever. Not typical overachiever, yeah, right. Tracy. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna relax if it kills me. Exactly. <laughs> 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 um, but um, you were in a position financially where you could do that. Most people. You know, even even some people that are successful can't really make that clean a break to recharge. What did you learn in the process of all that reflection that would help people try to figure out how to um, continue to pursue success, but in a way that is um, uh, survivable? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a couple things. Um, one is to actually take time for yourself. Um, in the book, I refer to it as the me moments market, but it's weekly reserving time, even if sometimes it's only minutes in a day, to you know recharge and fill the you reservoir, <clears throat> whether that be a few extra minutes in the shower or walking your dogs in the woods or... Uh, going for a bike ride or doing nothing, frankly, just sitting and thinking <laughs> or meditation or mindfulness, but making that a priority. Uh, and, and also related to that, having hobbies and leisure time and celebrating and prioritizing those kinds of activities in addition to work, um, I think, can help folks not get to that place of, of burnout. You know, I we talk about a lot of uh, politics on this show, um, just because very often we have newsmakers as guests, and I do a weekly roundtable on Wednesdays. And one of the things that comes up, we hear this uh, time and time again from high-profile uh, elected officials who decide they're going to resign, they're not going to run for re-election, something. And when people ask them why, they always say, well, I'm going to spend more time with my family. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I wonder how many times that's actually true. 
Yeah, right. Absolutely. I mean, because in some ways, family's critical. And also, why not, why not spend more time with yourself? Well, you know, I'm more of an acquaintance with myself. <laughs> We're not that close. Um, <laughs> but but all, but all kidding aside, it is a little bit about finding out what makes you tick because we spend so much time trying to figure out if we want to be successful, what makes other people tick, whether it's employees or employers or customers or clients. You know, we spend all our time trying to figure them out and trying to accommodate their needs that we completely ignore ourselves, don't we? Right, right. Well, and we fall prey to what I like to call the one-size syndrome. You know, that's what your guests are basically doing. You know, once I finish this role in politics, then I can have fun or spend time with my family or, or for the rest of us, it's once I get the kids to school, once I get this promotion at work, once I, once I, once I, then I can enjoy my life. And that's really what the message is, is we've been living by this checklist of, a, of accomplishment and achieving. And I want us to include a checklist for joy that lets you be the star of the show and not work incessantly. Are, are you familiar with uh, Nolan Bushnell? Uh, maybe a little bit. It he rings a bell. He was, the, he was the founder of Atari. And oh, yes. he wrote a book about discover, um, finding the new Steve Jobs. Um, somewhat famously, um, Steve Jobs went to work for Nolan Bushnell to study what he was doing with Atari before starting um, his incredible success. And he said in, in his book um, that companies often make a big mistake by um, making their, their hiring choices based on resumes when they should be finding out more about the people themselves and what their likes and passions and pastimes are. What do you think about that that notion that that we we think too much about resume? Well, I would agree with that. I mean, yes, do you need to have a certain requisite skill set in order to do a particular job at a certain level for sure? But that's However, but that can be a one pager. You know, well, it, right. it, it, Absolutely. it it talks about accomplishments but not a person's drive necessarily. Exactly. And and it's the rest of them that I think, you know, can be in many ways a bigger contribution you know, to the company and to the company's profitability. I mean, there are lots of studies out there that talk about how happy employees lead to higher profits. Um, and in fact, at an individual level, there's a specific study that I recall that, you know, happiness leads to higher pay than education does. You know, so if you continue to get degrees, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to make more money. But if you're a happier person, you know, you're going to continue to move up the move up the ladder. You know, and as I think about some of the people that I've worked with over the years who've been successful, not only are they good at what they do, but they're also really great human beings. You know, the pleasure they're a pleasure to be around and they, they take 
relationships seriously in the workplace and, and the human element seriously, too. There's a, an unofficial slogan for a growing town up in uh, northern Michigan. My show is, is based uh, in Flint, Michigan, and the, the slogan is, uh, a view of the bay is worth half your pay. Mm. <laughs> and I love that. And, and, and it's, it's kind of true. People, you know, are, are locating there and the town is growing because, uh, and, and people are willing to take a little less money to leave, you know, their jobs in, in uh, cities and move there because they just enjoy life there more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in America, we have this challenge. I mean, America is very much a work culture as compared to some, you know, European countries, as an example. We, you know, you get two weeks of vacation in a, at a starting role here in our country. And other countries, you get six to eight weeks of, an, of starting vacation. I mean, people take all of August off and it's okay. It's fantastic. We need to figure that out. Yeah, and, and technology has actually made that worse because it's so much more convenient to um, be on the job whether you're in an office or not. You know, you yeah. kind of carry your office around with you. And, you know, there are people that get up in the middle of a dinner party and walk off into the other room to take a call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Well, and and I think it's been interesting uh, during COVID in particular with so many folks working from home. I mean, I've lived a life on the road and technology facilitated my life, uh, my work being done in any city. However, now, even I'm struggling with it too, creating boundaries around work has been really challenging for so many people in the last year because their commutes are now from their bedroom to their home office. There's no natural break occurring. Yeah, I started doing uh, my radio show from home um, about two months before the the uh, shelter at home directive oh, really? started coming out. So I really didn't feel like I was interrupted or had to make a big change. I was already doing that, but I joke a lot about you know when I when I close the show, I said, "Well, now it's time to head down the hall to the living room." <laughs> <laughs> And and that's and and that's kind of how I look at it. And and like I say, I haven't been put out like some people have. Although I do miss getting out and mingling with with people. And I want to talk about that some more. But I have a break coming up here, Tracy. Can can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more? Yes, that'd be great. Great. My guest is uh, Tracy Lalonde, author of the new book, The Joy Achiever Journey: Evade Burnout, Surpass Your Goals, and Out Happy. Everyone, If you're listening to us on WFOV 92.1 LPFM in Flint, they are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my friend Paul Herring. And we're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. And then we will return and uh, figure out how to out-happy everyone with uh, Tracy Lalonde. So don't touch that dial, don't click that mouse. Lots more of the Tom Sumner program is straight ahead. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-Double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Wearing a mask helps prevent the spread of COVID-19. Wear your mask correctly. Wash your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds before putting on your mask. Holding the ear loops or ties, make sure the mask covers your nose and mouth and secure it around your chin. Try to fit it snugly against the sides of your face. Make sure you can breathe easily and keep the mask on the entire time you're in public. To learn more, visit cdc.gov coronavirus. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. TomSumnerProgram.com TomSumnerProgram.com
Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. We're talking to entrepreneur, speaker, and business development coach, uh, Tracy Lalonde, who has just uh, penned a new book called The Joy Achiever Journey, Evade Burnout, Surpass Your Goals, and Out Happy Everyone. Uh, Tracy, thanks for sticking around, and uh, sorry to make you sit through all that. Uh, happy to be here. Um, just before the break, you had mentioned the, the pandemic, and that has changed work for a lot of people and created a, a, a very different kind of anxiety than the the standard uh, deadline pressure and and goal achieving uh, uh, efforts that people put in um, just because uh, for uh, for so many people uh, employment itself is uncertain um, how can people apply the the tenets of your book um, to to survive this and thrive beyond well, you know, it, it's been interesting. I've, I've observed people kind of in a couple different ways. I'm thinking about three different situations where, you know, in some ways not having a commute has now given them more time that they've seen. So, so I've seen folks really kind of digging into themselves and maybe having more time with the family or incorporating an exercise routine or mindfulness or being outdoors more, whatever it is that they enjoy. So that's been one advantage but then there's the other side of that where especially with folks who have children uh, and needing to become teachers <laughs> in addition to parents and and workers where they've had a lot less time and so you know the concepts of keeping yourself as a priority and setting some boundaries around things and looking for time for laughter and looking and carving out special time for family you know or for example one of the things I suggest is if you do have to work in the evenings or on the weekends, um, if, that's, if that's not your normal routine, to set an appointment with yourself, you know, and respect it. Don't let it, don't let it go over that. I and then there's the other, the folks who, sorry, the folks who are, you know, changing jobs. Well, that might be an opportunity to find something that really speaks to you and brings you more joy. So I think there's three ideas here. Yeah, I can, I can remember uh, times in my life where my commute was my alone time. Mm -hmm. When I'd spend, you mm -hmm. know, anywhere from a half hour to an hour, depending on where I was working, um, each way. And and it was a time to, you know, listen to talk radio or, or listen to favorite music or audio books or, or, or just look at the, the landscape. Um, and and now, you know, like, like you said in the last segment, you know, you know, the commute is is a walk from, you know, the living room to the den or uh, to a mm -hmm. home office. Yeah, we're missing those we're missing those transition times. Absolutely. And it's trying to in fact, as of late, there's been a lot of posts and the things that I consume where people are talking about how they're working those new kinds of transitions. You know, I've, I've, I've heard about people who light candles, you know, and use the, the scent as a way to signal their brain. I've had folks tell me that they're, they go for walks around the block, which stimulates the time by yourself in a commute. So we're looking and striving to find those transition moments. Yeah, and, and we are struggling. I know I, I um, struggle sometimes. I try to 
maintain a schedule of taking a lunch hour, but mm-hmm. I don't always do it. Yeah, me too. I've been trying that too. <laughs> and yet we don't always do it. I know. It's so funny because it's, oh, I'll just do this one email. It'll just take me five minutes. You know, and yeah, then, and, and it then turns the into 10. Comes in. Yes, exactly. Exactly. We are our own worst enemies on all of this. Well, and and one of the problems is, and and I know you can understand this uh, because of of your career and and some of the things that you've learned is, um, it, it's tougher when you love what you do mm-hmm. to pull yourself away. Mm-hmm. And yet, anything taken to an extreme is rarely a positive experience. Right. Right, you can. It's it's not that hard to spoil a good thing. I have the ex wives <laughs> to prove it. Um, <laughs> well, and you know, and I've often said I'm not going to die wishing that I worked more. Yeah, that's true. What a great point. Um, what what was it that that you? What was the the light bulb moment for you when you said, "There's a book in this." Well, you know, I had a, a number of friends while I had taken that time off uh, in 2016 start to tell me you should write a book. And at the time, I think they were thinking of, you know, an eat, pray, love kind of book because my husband and I were traveling and doing some cool things. And I just thought, uh, my life isn't that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, um, I don't know if I can get Julia Roberts to play me. I don't think that's going to work out. Uh so it didn't really occur till probably two years later, once I started another business, and I found myself falling back into some of the same traps that I thought, I'm not going to do this again. And, and I keep seeing my friends fall into the same traps. And I think I'm, I want to help people. I want to share what I've learned, because I, I felt like I was further along than some, although it's certainly not an expert still. It's still a journey. It's still a struggle. Um, but it was at that point that I finally said, enough. I'm, I want to devote and dedicate my life to helping people find more joy and be on the journey with me. How, how do you organize or roadmap a journey of this type? Well, you know, it, it varies for every person. Uh, and that's something that we're working on creating right now is a questionnaire that folks can go to my website in probably the next couple of weeks and be able to take. Um, because part of, what I, part of what I realize is really powerful is we just don't have a deep enough or refined enough understanding of self in a number of different areas. And so I have created what I call a true self stops because we're on this journey, so we're going to do a layover and do some exploration, and there's seven of those. And while I think all of them are important, I think that for each of us individually, you know, they may vary in their ranking of importance, um, or at least for right now. And, and so really it's an individualized trip, and we want to help people via a questionnaire sort out where they should start. You know, I've talked to a number of writers, and, and I've asked them if this, this past year, you know, with the pandemic and, and uh, shelter-in-place uh, directives and so on, created, um, you know, a, a, a bubble that they could be really creative in. 
And I'm surprised by the number of very successful writers, New York Times bestsellers in some cases, that said, you know, that went through my mind all the time and still I stood there like a deer in the headlights. And and wasn't as productive as I could be. This is a great time for people to do the kind of self-auditing that you talk about in your book. And yet they're sort of, I don't know, COVID shocked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it looks like we're going to be here for a little while longer. I mean, even with vaccines rolling out. It's still going to be a little while before even a new normal starts to emerge. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, and for some, I would think if they're stuck like that, you know, I suggest looking at your values and seeing how your values are aligning with what's inspiring you or um, looking at your strengths and not only identifying what you're good at, but what what is your most joyous strength? Like, what are you good at and you really love to do? Um, also, look at how you're taken in in the world. You know, it's the, old, the, whole, the old adage of glass half full versus glass half empty still applies. And I think that's a real struggle for right now where it's hard not to see everything negative, especially with the headlines every day I always screaming try to, at us. I always try to think, hey, how can we get some more water in this glass? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not concerned with half full, half empty. It's, hey, can we get some more water <laughs> in this great. glass? Um, I like it. But but how do we get people to do that when, when you know, they're overwhelmed by restrictions? It, uh, you know, it, I think it's just starting to look for hope. I think one place to start is to really kind of look for the positive in life. And, you know, mindfulness is, a, is popular. Meditation is popular. Even just exercise, because exercise will change the chemical stew that our brains are, are working in, you know, where we start to release dopamine and endorphins and those things that make us happier. So I think we have to begin engaging in those kinds of activities so that our brains are having an opportunity to focus more on the positive than, than the negative or being stuck. You know, I, I casually mentioned the new normal, and not too many people really know what that's going to look like. We know some things are going to change. We know that a lot more people are going to work from home, you know, going forward, even after some sort of all-clear is declared. Um we're not going to have the same kinds of workplace interactions that we used to. We're going to continue to do, we're going to continue to Zoom <laughs> and and do these other things that, that we've done to make it possible to continue to function. But it's it's going to change the whole makeup of, of how we do things. And, and so reinvention is sort of um, required. Is... Is your book a good place to start for figuring out what to do with that and what your own personal new normal is going to look like? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to help folks have a, a broad view of their lives um, because it, it does incorporate seven different areas to explore. And it's also a very pragmatic, practical roadmap. 
So there's lots of tips, there's lots of exercises, there's lots of tools, and in fact, some folks say there's too much. So we're trying to make it more accessible for folks. But we, I wanted to make it relatable to anybody, no matter where their starting place is. You know, there's uh, the whole nature of this book, the Joy Achiever Journey, is about finding more joy. If someone is already engaged in, in work that they enjoy and that's rewarding, but they've kind of become... I, I don't know, rutted um, in in uh, in their pursuits, and and they're not getting the same joy out of it. Can you, by simply changing the way you look at it, change how what you're doing makes you feel, even though it may be the same thing you were doing yesterday? I think so. I think so. And, and I think it's I think it's getting really clear around what actually brings you the most joy. So, so for example, it, context matters a lot in what you do. Um, I do a lot of public speaking, and I've, I've paid attention to which situations make me happier than others. Because public speaking is a skill, I've pursued it a lot. But if I'm speaking in front of an audience that's really engaged, even if they disagree with me, but we're, you know, peeling back the layers of the onion and digging in, I'm incredibly motivated as compared to an audience while still listening, they aren't really engaged. Like that, that doesn't do anything for me. So, for example, I would not be a good professor <laughs> who just <laughs> stood in front of the room and lectured. <laughs> um, and so I think with some refinement in paying attention to the most joyous skill set, as an example, even within the same job, you can find more joy because you're going to look out for those um, projects or tasks or assignments that can enable, can enable you to you know, do your most joyous strengths rather than just stuff you're good at. What is a value decoder and, and what role does that play in making better decisions? <laughs> a value decoder is getting list clear around what your values are. Um, a lot of folks, you know, have a sense for what their values are, but I, I want them to literally do a value sort exercise that identifies their top five to ten values and then defines them for them. And those values are really, they're the undercurrent by which we make all of our decisions. And we're making those decisions anyhow, but we're making them rudderless if we don't understand what our values are. And so that's really what I hope people will, will focus on. And, and they aren't the same over time. Life changes happen, so you need to revisit them. But a number of them are probably staying core um, to you. And so once in my life I got clear around my values, it really was pointed out to me, you know, which jobs I liked better than other, you know, which employers were a better fit, which love partners were a better fit, which hobbies were a better fit. I mean, it just kind of really opened my eyes to why I enjoyed some things more than others. It seems like things have gotten very contentious in in recent years we've we've seen it play out in in politics and and uh, uh, a lot on social media and there's this sense where some people are are becoming afraid to even 
express themselves for fear someone else is going to take issue with that. How do we, how do we smooth that out? <laughs> Tom, I don't know if I have the answer to that. I, I know that's a huge <laughs> question. I wrestle with it all the time, Tracy, but I wonder if you've discovered things that, you know, might help someone sort that out a little bit because I think there are people holding back for fear of being kicked for speaking up. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm in that same place. I've never been this active on social media ever, you know, in my life. And I'm always worried about saying something inadvertently that trips somebody up. So I'm not sure we'll ever get to that place. But for me personally, I think it's more about, I, 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 I resort to kindness. And I figure, you know what, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. And I will, and I'm happy to listen to it. However, it doesn't have to hurt me, you know, and, and I won't let it hurt me. And, and if I come from a place of kindness of saying, okay, I accept you, and I'm going to be kind in return to you, even if you aren't kind to me, then that's all I can do. I can only control my own reactions. I can't control other people. So I, I, I rest in that place of seeking kindness first and, um, and strive to be around those people who follow that same philosophy. You know, a moment ago we were talking about the value decoder. And do you have, from your exploration of self or even maybe research that, that you did for your book, um, some examples of things that could be considered values, especially core values? Oh, sure. Um, in fact, on my website, I have a, li I have a handout that people can download where there's 110 values. So for example, you know, my, my values are joy, excellence, um, curiosity, purpose, self-discipline, and variety. And those play themselves out in my life every day. And in fact, sometimes those, those values get in conflict. You know, if I'm having a little too much fun on the joy category, i.e. staying up too late and maybe having a little extra wine, um, the self-discipline value the next day kind of kicks my butt and says, okay, you know, maybe you didn't need to go that far. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of great resources, even if someone just wants to Google, you know, a values list. Uh, they're available on the Internet for folks to, to think about and sort through. And, and it's important to identify those things and then apply them to the areas of your life that, uh, that you find yourself in. Yeah, well, in all aspects of your life. I mean, you know, my husband and I, we don't have the exact same values, but certainly a majority of them are aligned or shared. But there are also some values that are in conflict with one another. And, and you know, knowing that about each other and what, what a trigger might be for me and his behavior um, enables us to have a better and more productive conversation because we know what it's rooted in. You know, it's not coming from a place of wanting to be difficult for one another, but he just sees he has a different value for something. And so talking through how our values can coexist has been a really rewarding part of our relationship. And I'm always a little, um, I, I, I don't know, my, my uh, 
the hairs on the back of my neck stand up a little bit when I when I see a phrase like out happy everyone um, is it is it difficult to figure out what makes you happy I I know sometimes I, I wrestle with being able to answer that question I, I think it can I mean it can be and certainly you know if it goes to places of depression and things like that you know that's probably um, further than the Joy Achiever journey is going to go, and folks may need more professional help. Uh, there's lots of unhappy folks uh, in the world. And so this is a, a starter kit, if you will, to help you have some self-exploration. And, and the Out Happy Everyone, candidly, was just kind of a tongue-in-cheek way because overachievers don't, un- don't do anything halfway. Oh, no, I, no, if they're I gonna, understand They're going to do it. They're going to do it to the best. <laughs> No, that's that's why I got such a, such a kick out of that out of that phrase. It was just the the use of the word happy because that can be kind of elusive. I, I saw a scene in a television program just recently when somebody said, "Well, does that make you happy?" And the response came back, "Well, I'm not unhappy." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> and and that's how I feel sometimes. Is I, you know I'm not unhappy, I, but I don't know that I have an abundance of happiness and that's that's where I was trying to trying to get at how do we figure out what pushes the needle on that yeah well and Tommy that's why it's it's a journey I mean I literally had a conversation with a colleague this morning Um, joy has been a little elusive for me personally in the last few weeks the business is really busy and that's a really great place to be right. um, in lots of ways. And yet it's a little too busy. And so we, she, she called me on it, you know, and she said, how can I help you? How can you help yourself? I'm seeing this happen for you. You know, let's talk about what's coming up. Is this a temporary thing or, you know, are you falling back into some of your old habits? And so I value that. I mean, I think that's an amazing friend who is willing to hold the mirror up to me and say, I know you don't want to be this person, so let's talk about it and let's explore what's happening here. And and so, you know, joy isn't one of those things that once you find it, you stay there. You have to keep working for it and striving for it. And I'm a, I'm a living example of that every day. Well, I, I have a feeling we could go on and on and on talking about this and that we've just scratched the surface and I've got a break coming up in about a minute. So I, th- I think we should wrap it up here. But I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about, your book, your work, past, present, and future. You mentioned a website. Do you want to share that? Sure. The website is joychiever.com. And there's also, uh, I do a weekly joy journal, so folks can sign up. It comes out on Fridays for your little dose of joy to keep you going. And then, of course, you can also buy the book on Amazon. Well, Tracy, thanks so much. It's uh, It's been fun talking with you. Thanks, Tom. I really appreciate it. All right. Take care. Bye bye. That was uh, Tracy Lalonde, author of the new book, The Joy Achiever Journey, Evade Burnout, Surpass Your Goals, and Out Happy Everyone. She is an entrepreneur, speaker, and business development coach with uh, nearly 30 years of 
experience in professional public speaking and, and more. We're going to take a uh, short break, and we'll be back with more of the Tom Sumner program. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner program. If you are sick with COVID-19 or think you might have it, take steps to help protect other people from getting sick. Stay home except to get medical care. Call the doctor before visiting. Separate yourself from others who live with you. Wear a mask to protect others. Cover your coughs and sneezes with a tissue and clean your hands right away. Avoid sharing items with other people in your home. This includes things like towels and bedding. Be sure dishes are washed in hot water or the dishwasher before anyone else uses them. Stay aware of how you feel. If you start to have difficulty breathing or if you are worried about your health, call your doctor. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom. Most of the music you hear on the Tom Sumner program is provided by local artists. Tune in Fridays for live music and conversation with some of the area's most talented singers, songwriters, and performers. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hopper. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. The Tom Sumner Program, celebrating the rich talent pool from Flint, Genesee County, and throughout Michigan. children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Tom Sumner 
TomSumnerProgram.com The Tom Sumner Program.com Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I was, uh, I was watching television, and it was a John Wayne Moore movie. I guess they're all John Wayne Moore movies. But, did you ever think how close we came to losing the war if he hadn't been with us? <laughs> but uh, I, I don't want to tell you the plot of the thing, because I hate people to do that. But uh, we win it, you see. Now, my problem is that... Uh, I want to start talking about airplanes right now, and there is no logical way to get out of what I was talking about and talking about airplanes. <laughs> and you should always tie things in together. So I will try this. In the war movies, they always had that one shot of the dogfight with the airplanes. Speaking of airplanes. <laughs> I recently flew out from uh, Chicago. And I, uh, I don't enjoy flying at all. Uh, I'm one of those ones, first of all, who gets on stoned, you know, <laughs> right away. <laughs> Secondly, I usually sit in the lounge and I whimper all through the flight. <laughs> and I, I look out the window and I turn to the guy who's sitting next to me and I'll say, this flying is really amazing. I said, the people, they look like ants down there. And he'll say, those are ants, you idiot. We haven't taken off yet, you know. <laughs> but anyway, there's a, there's a logical explanation for why I don't fly. I took a non-scheduled airline one time. I was in the Army, and I wanted to go to Hawaii on a three-day pass. I... <laughs> but I didn't have a lot of money, and they were running ads at the time. Uh, and one ad read, take a chance. on the Mrs. Grace L. Ferguson airline and Storm Door Company, see? So, <laughs> it gave an address and I went out to this address and it was this woman's home. And she had a little counter set up in her living room and uh, we had to go up to the John to weigh our baggage, I remember. <laughs> and Then we all got in her Volkswagen and she drove us out to the airport. <laughs> we got aboard this DC-1. <laughs> After we were out about two hours, a captain came out. He gave one of those addresses they all give. And I'll never forget it, and this is why I don't fly anymore. It came out like this. You're the navigator, you ought to be able to figure out where the hell we are. <laughs> Uh, good evening. I'd, uh, I'd like to welcome you aboard the Mrs. Grace L. Ferguson Airline and Storm Door Company. Uh, I don't know how much you know about our airlines. We've, uh, we've only been in business uh, about a week. Uh, our airline was uh, founded on the philosophy that what the American public was really looking for was a low-cost overseas transportation. Uh, we have attempted to eliminate what we call in the airline business uh, frills and extras, like uh, 
maintenance and, uh, <laughs> and radar and a whole bunch of, uh, of, uh, of technical instruments up in the... Um, Boy, have, have you ever had one that hangs on for about four or five days? <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind the headaches too much, but it's that damn double vision that just... <laughs> oh, uh, incidentally, I want to apologize for uh, your having to stand all the way. Uh, if I can give you a little tip there, every uh, oh, half hour or so, you want to alternate your arms through those uh, straps above your head. Uh, you, f you folks flying tourists, you don't have any straps. <laughs> so uh, don't, uh, don't bother looking for them. Well, uh, we're going to have a little drill in a few moments uh, by our, our two stewardesses, Trixie and Bubbles. Well, I'm sorry, Miss Watson and Miss Savage. And uh, they'll show you how to put your life jackets on. Uh, there really isn't that much to it, but a lot of people uh, get them on backwards. And, uh, well, that way you're going to wind up with your face in the water. <laughs> Uh, if we should have to ditch, you'll, you'll receive plenty of warning uh, because our co-pilot becomes hysterical. <laughs> and he'll, he'll start uh, running up and down the aisles uh, yelling, uh, you know, we're going to crash or, or something like that. Uh, actually, he gets, he gets kind of panicky, and it isn't always too easy to understand him. Uh, at least it hasn't been in the past, anyway. <laughs> so, if, if you see him running up and down the aisles, uh, and you can't make out what he's saying, uh, you, might, you might slip into your life jackets to <laughs> be on the safe side. Uh, I'd like to answer some questions that you may have uh, about the airline. It's uh, the woman right here. Ma'am, ma if I may, I'll repeat the question so everyone uh, can hear it. it. If we should ditch, how long would the plane remain afloat? Is, is that the, was that your question, ma'am? Uh, <laughs> golly, that's, that's awful hard to say, ma'am. <laughs> Uh, some of them go down like a rock. You know? <laughs> and then I don't know, for some reason or other, others will stay up for oh, two, three minutes. It's, uh... <laughs> Sir, if I may, I'll get your question next. I want to get the gentleman's way in the back there. Sir, could you kind of speak up a little bit? I can't hear you over the roar of our engines. Maybe, you know, if you just... Oh, wait, they stopped now, sir. <laughs> Harry, the engines went out again. It's uh, the third button on the left, I think, here. 
Hold, hold it, Harry. The cabin lights are going out. Uh, thir- uh, try the third button on the right. That's got him. That's got him. You want, you want to try the question again, sir? Sir, I'm sorry. I still can't make out what you're saying. Oh, well, sure. All right. All right. You can try it that way. It may work. First word. Sounds like running. Sounds like racing. Track and field. Ran. Oh, it sounds like ran. Uh, Man. A lot of man. A whole bunch of men. Oh, men. Men is right behind you there, sir. I'm, I'm glad I took your question ahead of this gentleman's over here. Uh, I really have to get back in the cabin now. We, uh, we have it on automatic pilot, but uh, well, the damn thing keeps kicking in and out all the time, and uh, <laughs> we never really know if it's on or not. Oh, uh, one, of the, one of the reasons I came out here, I nearly forgot. Uh, have, have any of you ever, ever been to Hawaii before? This a gentleman right here? It's, uh, it's kind of liver-shaped, isn't it, sir? <laughs> Sir, as, as we're coming in, uh, would you mind very much uh, stopping by the cabin and kind of <laughs> pointing it out to us? We sure appreciate it. Thank you very much. I hope you have a very pleasant trip. Thank you. Thank you. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Spreading like a plague And POTUS and his lackeys Have been nothing if not vague Well then you've got to trust the CDC And listen well Unless you want to bid our free society Farewell There is a Super bad transmittable Contagious awful virus And if we don't act quick And social distance It will mire us In a stretch of quarantine That lasts until July A super bad transmittable Contagious awful and if you got a better cough in your arm, and if you got a better... <coughs> now, back in 1918, influenza had its run. But half the docks were busy overseas with World War One. Today we have mass media and scientists to say, if you don't want this virus, well, then stay six feet away. Super damn important that we practice isolation, because we are asymptomatic while it's an incubation. We'll overwhelm our hospitals if there's not mitigation. It's super damn important that we practice isolation. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. And so I hope at last you'll take this lesson here to heart. Cause it's already scary and we're only at the start. If you get bored, just think of the immunocompromised who can't go much of anywhere unless it's sterilized. Oh, Superman, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. If we don't act quick and social distance, it will mire us in a stretch of quarantine that lasts until July. A super bad, transmittable, super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. <laughs> 
you pilots get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. 